Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to uh, this evening's event, which is the, uh, the last in uh, this academic year's series of lectures um, in the LSE, LSE European Institute and ATCO Worldwide Perspectives on, on Europe series. And we're delighted uh, to be uh, organizing, uh, to have organized this in association, close association, cooperation indeed with the uh, Belgian Embassy in London and also with the Belgian Luxembourg uh, Chamber of Commerce in Great Britain. As you know, and the reason you're here is because we are delighted to welcome uh, tonight uh, Mr. Rudy Demott, uh, Minister-President of the Belgian region of uh, Wallonia and President of the Wallonia-Brussels uh, Federation. Uh, Mr. Demott uh, has, uh, the course of his political career so far, has uh, occupied many uh, high-level uh, roles within, uh, within the Socialist Party. Before becoming uh, Minister-President, uh, he has served as Minister for the National Health System and for Social Affairs, uh, also Minister for Budget, uh, Culture and Sport for the French-speaking community, uh, and Federal Minister for, Econo for Economy and Scientific uh, research. So certainly a varied and interesting uh, and high-level uh, career. As you know, his theme this evening is going to be adaptation and regeneration in the EU's regions. It talks about the case of, of Wallonia. And uh, we were delighted to take this project forward with uh, the Belgian Embassy. Um, a number of grounds, uh, really. Um, first of all, because as a case study in itself, it seems it, it, is a, it is a very interesting one. Uh, secondly, uh, for students of European political economy more generally, uh, it would seem to raise some very interesting issues of adaptation and how, and how a region can turn uh, itself round. Um, and also finally, I guess, there's always a, a certain pleasure, it's always uh, gratifying uh, to uh, be able to revisit uh, an obituary uh, and find that the obituary was premature. Uh, not in the case of uh, all entities and individuals in life, certainly the case of Wallonia. The, the, those who were writing the obituaries um, uh, in the last 20, 30 years, uh, in a period of uh, some difficulty and transition for Wallonia, um, I think we may well be hearing this evening uh, how, um, how those uh, expectations, if you like, were confounded. And how they've been confounded is a matter of great interest for us, an academic institution like LSE, particularly for my own department, the European Institute. So we're very much looking forward to what Mr. Demott has to say. Um, uh, we will follow our usual format. Um, I believe uh, the Minister President will speak for about half an hour, and then we'll be delighted to take questions uh, from the audience. So, and I'm sure you won't be shy of coming forward with those, and we'll probably take it up to about, um, about 7.45 or so. So, without further ado, um, I shall hand over to our guest. Mr. Rudy Demott, Minister President of Wallonia. Thank you very much for welcoming me here be here and I am um, very pleased and uh, it's also uh, an honor to be here in uh, uh, London uh, this evening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'd like to speak to you about the relations between our uh, countries first and regions. Uh, they are long-standing uh, with uh, tightly uh, interwoven histories and ongoing cooperation uh, 
uh, but perhaps a brief reminder uh, of the context uh, would uh, still be useful. Bologna is one of the three federated regions that make up the federal state of Belgium along uh, Flanders and Brussels. It is located at the heart of Europe as uh, historically been one of the main crossroads for trade uh, for a long time, but also a very popular battlefield. With a land area uh, slightly less than 17,000 17, uh, square kilometers, comparable to southeastern Eng England, the East Midlands, or Yorkshire, and the Humber, it represents slightly uh, less than, one, uh, than zero for 0.4% uh, of the territory of the European Union. Its population is close to 3.5 million people. It represents 0.7% of the population of the, 70, uh, the 27 EU countries. Because of its position and its actions, this small area has many strong points. Its proximity uh, to the headquarters of the largest European and international institutions and of many multinational uh, companies. An ideal location at the heart of a market of 375 million consumers, rapidly accessible by good quality infrastructure. An impressive uh, availability of land for economic activity uh, at very attractive prices. And above uh, all, workers uh, with acknowledged productivity and skills tra trained in a dense network of universities, research centers, scientific parks, and skill centers focusing on innovation. This is the base on which Wallonia is now building its future and anchoring its uh, sustainable growth. I hope you will bear uh, with me if I give a brief review of the evolution of this region, which uh, has seen profound economic transformations in the course of its uh, history. Wallonia has an ancestral land of uh, work and production. If you go to the region of, uh, in the region of Mons, you will see that UNESCO has classified the impressive Neolithic mines as a world heritage uh, site. The people living there in uh, 4000 BC had developed an organized activity involving mining and large-scale making of flint tools for exporting. Later on, with metalworking and its many forges, Wallonia developed a real industrial tradition that involved coal, steel, textile, uh, glass, and uh, metal uh, production. This expanded still further with uh, the Industrial Revolution, which was uh, to make Wallonia one of the most dynamic and richest regions of the Europe in the 19th and early 20th centuries. Our industrialization quickly followed uh, that of England and was almost 30 years ahead 
of the other countries of the continent. Besides, this link with England is symbolized by the Cockrells figure, William, who came to develop industrially the first uh, wool carding machines in the region of Verviers at the very end of the 18th century. And his son, John, who introduced the coke blast furnaces in the region of Liège under the Dutch regime uh, before developing a real integrated industrial complex around metallurgy, foundries, forges, rolling mills, and mechanical engineering workshops as of the early years of the Belgian independence after uh, 1838. There were, there were uh, various reasons for this early start, such as the growth of agricultural production as of the second half of the 18th century and the rapid use of new machines, but also the very innovative local mindset. This spirit was marked by an enterprising spirit and willingness, the willingness to take risks, to take advantage of the richness of our land in terms of raw materials, minerals, and especially coal. It was this alchemy of materials and culture that supported the extraordinary dynamism of Wallonia at the time. It was thanks to the economic strength of Wallonia that Belgium had the highest economic growth in the world from 1820 to 1870. It had almost 1.94% average annual growth in GDP per capita, even higher than the rate for England, which was 1.53%. In 1870, the average Belgian income was 25% to 30% 30 higher than that of the Frenchman or a German, and a double that, uh, of that of an Italian. In this context, Wallonia was one of the strongest regions in terms of job creation. Between 1846 and 1896, the average number of workers per company rose from 96 to 278. This prosperity lasted for almost 150 years. Throughout the 19th century and until the beginning of the 20th century, Wallonia was the second economic power in the world in proportion to its population. This period of prosperity then slowed down and eventually came to an end due in particular to the loss of, a, of productivity of the coal mines of Wallonia, while those of Flanders, England and Germany flourished. Moreover, the Walloon economy was strongly affected by the international monetary situation and by the general imposing of custom barriers. Those factors increased the difficulty of adapting to the new modes of mass production. Among the factors of decline, we should also underscore the exile of Walloon capital. 
due to the development of a banking system characterized by a lack of local anchoring. In the un unified and centralized country that Belgium was, capital and financial institutions were concentrated in Brussels, losing contact with the Walloon industrial fabric and investments that it required. This period was also the beginning of the delocalization of companies to Flanders, which has greater availability of resources, a valuable maritime location, and which benefited from very substantial investments in infrastructure. It's important to remember that while Belgium developed with uh, French as the official language, because it was the language of the elite, both Flemish and Walloon, Flanders was always in the majority. Even, uh, even though they spoke French, the Flemish elite played a, a designing role in the development of Flanders, which benefited from enormous investments from the Belgian government, which progressively lost interest in the economic future of Wallonia. While we find the first source of Flemish claims for autonomy in the cultural dimension, based on linguistic marginalization, the first basis of Walloon awareness are to be found in the economic disinvestment of the centralizing Belgium government. In the aftermath of the Second World War, there were still questions about the state of Walloon industry, as its infrastructures were largely spared by the conflict. Wallonia was able to resume its production almost immediately. But this advantage, which again helped Belgium's rapid recovery, did not last long. As of the beginning of the 50s, the other regions and countries had caught up, supported by the Marshall Plan, which renovated their industrial network. In this national and international context, Wallonia could not avoid the decline of its economy. While Altindam, it, has, it had been the driving force of the Belgian economy, its share of national employment and production began to decline. On the job market, the period from the end of the war until the 60s was characterized by a relatively decline in the level of Walloon activity from 41.2% in 1947 to 38.2% in 1961. At the beginning of the 60s, Wallonia was thus forced to undertake a profound transformation of its industrial network. During this period, referred uh, to as the Golden 60s, Belgium returned to its place among the leading industrial countries with high rates of economic growth, accompanied by low levels of unemployment. But for Wallonia, in this period also, it saw an increase in the differences between it and Flanders, and also 
with the other regions of Europe when it had been ahead of until then. In his pioneering 1978 work called Les Causes du Déclin Wallon, The Causes of the Walloon Decline, Michel Kivy, Belgian professor emeritus, European expert, and a graduate of the Harvard Business School, described the situation in uh, the following way. While Wallonia remained highly dependent on metallurgy, the region of Flanders developed a more diversified industrial structure within which the chemical sector occupied a significant share of the manufacturing sector. As of 1965, the investments granted in Wallonia were mostly uh, defensive and less profitable than uh, those made in the north of the country. New investments were uh, thereafter mostly concentrated in Flanders. The large flow of American uh, capital invested in Belgium mostly went to the Flemish provinces. Only 20% of the foreign private, private investments made during the period of 1961 to 1967 involved Wallonia. As a result of this, 64% of the new jobs generated on this basis were, were located in Flanders. This period was also characterized by the transformation of the coal industry and marked by the closing of a large number of sites of companies that provided ma many jobs. At the same time, in the north of the country, the Belgian government, still unified, took the, the initiative to build up the port of Zeebrugge and the development of the port of Antwerp, which substantially increased the attraction of foreign investors to high-growth sectors such as chemistry and the automobile industry. This period thus saw very significant development in balloon awareness. There were more and more demands that Wallonia finally receive its fair share in terms of infrastructure. As the needs of the motorway, waterway, rail, networks were glaring and ignored by the central government. More and more voices joined in to denounce the way in which the central government distributed European aid for regeneration, always massively directed towards Flanders, which was enjoying an economic boom. It was also at this time that Wallonia saw the founding of a regionalist party, which was to become the second Walloon party, while federalist demands grew in the Walloon rings of the parties that were still united. The beginning of the 70s was marked by a rise in the price of oil products and an increase in Belgian public spending aiming to support economic activity and to limit the increase of unemployment, particularly through the creation of jobs in the public sector. In Wallonia, in 1975, there was a sharp drop in industrial production and a long-term increase in the rate of unemployment. 
we intended a period of reduction of balloon employment in the industrial sector, which lost 35% of its jobs during the period from 1973 to 1992. As of the middle of the 70s, within the structure of the balloon economy, there was an increase in the share of the tertiary, sec tertiary sector and the expense of the secondary sector. In 1979, the main effect of the second energy crisis was that that is uh, decreased balloon industrial production still further and emphasized the rise, the rise in unemployment. On the labor market, the period from 1970 to 1981 was nonetheless characterized by another increase in the rate of activity in Wallonia, which rose from 36 to 39 percent due in particular to the continuing rise of women into the lab labor force. Overall, however, in terms of employment in Wallonia, this period saw a substantial decrease on the order or of about 5%. The first part of the 80s confirmed the trend of lower economic growth in Wallonia compared with Flanders. This period was nonetheless important because it saw the first concrete response to the demands for economic autonomy for Wallonia. In 1980, the Wallonia uh, region became a real political entity with its own power. Starting from this time, it was able to make decisions having the force of law in areas such as the economy, employment, energy, territorial development, housing, environment and water policies, rural renovation and subordinated powers. This was still only the fledgling form of autonomy. Because of the meager budget resource granted, the room to maneuver was very limited. However, the trend quickly accelerated. In 1988, a second institutional reform transferred new powers to the regions in Belgium. This reform involved public works and transport in particular and significantly increased the budgets of the regional entities. We can speak of a certain autonomy of action as of this time. In the same year, there was also an increase in growth, which led to a progressive decrease in unemployment rates in Wallonia and in Belgium in general. This trend was short-lived, unfortunately. As of the beginning of the 90s, the US economic recession and the first Gulf War had a negative impact on the Belgian and Walloon economies. Fortunately, this situation didn't last too long. As of 1995, the various economic indicators returned to positive trends. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to give you uh, this brief summary of economic history of Wallonia because all present actions are based uh, on the reality modeled on its past. In order to understand Wallonia today, we must be aware 
of the existence of two earlier periods that marked its structures and people's minds, a rather exceptional period of dynamism and economic and social prosperity, and a period of economic transition that was economically and psychologically painful. The Wallonia of today is carrying out its redeployment based on these two factors, which marked its structures and its mentalities. Today, the balloon economy is re recovering from uh, this industrial restructuring phase, which it endured along with other European regions with industrial traditions such as Scotland and uh, Merseyside. For a decade now, Wallonia, which uh, has had its authority increased again uh, by the reforms of 1993 and 2001, has had a regional strategic development plan. Since 2005, it has borne the evocative name of the Marshall Plan. This plan, for the creation of businesses and jobs, to which an environmental dimension was added during its updating in 2009, aims to focus energies and means on a certain number of priorities chosen for their structuring, structuring effect. The first Marshall Plan, with a budget of 1.6 billion euros for a period between 2006 and 2009, aimed to create leverage with respect to private investment and research efforts, particularly uh, by improving the qualitative matching of the supply, supply of labor and the needs in terms of expertise and the key of the key uh, economic sectors. In doing so, it draws on the basic factors for competitiveness of the most developed economies. An example, innovation, human capital, the fiscal framework, internationalization, infrastructures, and governance. This plan was structured around, structured around five priorities orientation, including one focusing on the creation of competitive clusters, a policy that, has, that, that, that is part of the worldwide economic trend of networks of excellence and innovation, partnerships, and clusters. This policy involves implementing cooperation between companies, training centers, and research units, both public and private, in order to bring out synergies about around joint projects that are innovative in nature and uh, that have international visibility. The role of the Walloon public authorities is to finance and guide uh, these clusters in, a concrete, in the concrete projects that uh, they implement. Based on the analysis of an international jury, Wallonia thus identified five areas of activity in high added value sectors in which it had the potential necessary to become a European leader. Life science, agro-industry, mechanical engineering, transport, logistics, and aeronautics aerospace. Over the period from 2006 to 2009, these clusters received financial support of 235 million euros, 
which generated a remarkable return on investment. Over the course of the period, 136 projects were chosen based on the opinion of an international jury of experts. More than 9,000 jobs were or will be created and close to 20,000 people were trained in sectors of high technological value. There was also success in uh, the other priority orientations of the Marshall Plan, training, research and business creation. A few eloquent figures. 29,852 jobs were uh, created or planned. 15,290 companies supported. More than 200,000 training programs taken. 46,279 beneficiaries of specific training in languages and 1,284 additional researchers financed. In light of this success, my government decided at the beginning of the new legislative session in 2009 to continue and increase these efforts. We, we therefore adopted what we call the Marshall Plan 2.Green, which aims to reinforce the most effective measures of the first plan, while more um, truthfully taking into account the new potential offer, offered by the environmental dimension. This plan represents close to 2.8 billion euros in addition to the usual regional budgets. It has already led to the defining, de definition of a six competitive uh, logic of clustering dedicated to environmental technologies and to the development of an employment environment alliance focusing on sustainable construction and renovation, sectors that provide many jobs and that are essentially in light of the increases in energy prices. In parallel with this, a broad project to reduce administrative charges on companies has been launched. This is supervised directly by the President of the Government because of its essential and transactional nature and with the goal of making Wallonia even more business friendly. This is a necessity everywhere. And this is uh, the priority that everybody now uh, shares in Wallonia, precisely because we have gone through this period of uh, economic reconversion that I mentioned, which uh, has reinforced everyone's desire to support job-creating activities. Ladies and gentlemen, all of these policies in favor of the economic redeployment of Wallonia are now showing positive results. The eminent economists that you are or will be know better than anyone that their impact on the major macroeconomic indicators will not be fully visible for another few years. However, we can already see that while the beginning of the 90s was a period of low growth for Wallonia, the second half was much more favorable. 
Our region has had relatively high economic growth with an average annual rate of 2% between 1996 and 2002. This growth then continued at an average level of about 1.4% between 2003 and 2009, a period strongly impacted by the worldwide crisis with particularly negative results in 2009. However, even in this case, it seems that Wallonia overcame this crisis much better than some other uh, European region. Moreover, the latest economic forecasts indicate that in 2011, Wallonia has had economic growth higher than the average of the Eurozone at 2 plus 2.1%, an improvement compared with 2010. In terms of job creation, Wallonia has also had positive trends over the past few years. The growth of the number of jobs created for the period from 2004 to 2009 is thought uh, to be more than 6%, which is comparable with the results of the most dynamic regions of Europe. For 2011, the growth in employment in Wallonia uh, should be 0.9% uh, versus 0.2% in the Eurozone. I would also like to stress the fact that Wallonia has given a high priority uh, to innovation. In terms of research and development, spending as a percentage of DG, G, G, GDP, it, it allocates more than 2% and has many high added value jobs. The situation also explains the long-term presence in Wallonia of world-class companies in sectors such as chemistry and pharmaceuticals with groups like Johnson & Johnson, Baxter, GlaxoSmithKline and Pfizer. These giants have invested close to six uh, 600 million euros in Wallonia over the past few years. This is no uh, coincidence. We see the same trend in the new technology sectors uh, with the recent arrival and sustained presence of companies such as Microsoft and Google. A reality which this time benefits from the Creative Wallonia plan that seeks to put innovation and creativity at the heart of the economy uh, on and of the Walloon society, particularly through the development of innovation in companies and support for innovati innovative production. Again, within this framework, we have planned for the creation of real cross-border e-campus dedicated to the fields of the internet and which will work in cooperation with the high-tech companies present in northern France in particular. Microsoft had already announced that it would be one of the active partners uh, in this center, even before it was effectively uh, established. The goal is to allow Wallonia to continue its rise 
in the classification of the most innovative regions of Europe, established by the European Commission. It is currently number 69 out of 204, and in second place among the European regions with industrial tradition. We will be uh, striving to do better. Ladies and gentlemen, with this uh, necessarily succinct presentation, I hoped to uh, demonstrate uh, to you that after a history as one of the most prosperous areas of the world and a restructuring of its industrial fabric on the same scale, Wallonia is back on the path to success. This, is, this positive evolution is the fruit of the pooling of its energies, the work ethic of its population, the sense of quality and innovation of its entrepreneurs, and, if I may say so, public policies that are appropriate because they are directly linked to the realities in the field. There are few political entities in the world where com a company that wants to invest can so easily contact a minister or a government with sovereign decision-making power for economic employment training and territorial development policies. Unfortunately, I, as Minister and President, am not the only one painting this positive and very pro promising picture. It is shared by many international actors, especially those who over the past uh, decade have invested more than 6.6 .6 billion euro in our region. It is also shared by international, uh, international analysts and studies, such as the one carried out in 2009 by the Economist Intelligence Unit, which put Belgium in fifth place in the world and in second place in Europe in terms of flows of direct foreign investment. The authors stated that within the country it was Wallonia that offered foreign investor, I state, the highest level of opportunity. So, you see that we are now following a path very difficult for us because it needs a lot of courage, but in the same time, we uh, have the fruits of what we uh, decided. I don't want to take up any more of your time, and I have to apologize for the awful accent I have reading the text, but I'll be able, I hope, making it a little more living in the questions that we'll be uh, following. But I wanted uh, by um, telling you that the intellectual qualities that were admired during the industrial development in Wallonia of our uh, continent remain present among uh, the many other uh, strong points in Wallonia. The work ethic a synonym of quality and productivity, the capacity for innovation, a factor for differentiation, the practice of labor management dialogue based on a sense of shared responsibilities. All of these elements remain the basis of our success. And nourished by the signs of our redeployment, a strong desire to finally return the page of our reconversion to fully take charge of our future.
beyond the uncertainties of our national and international environment and in the face of challenges which we see once again as opportunities. I thank you for your attention and above all, I invite you to come and see this renewal uh, for yourself during your next visit to Wallonia. Always welcome. Thank you for your attention. Well, Minister Dumont, thank you so much for um, uh, what, by any standards, I think was a wonderfully clear and crisp, but also interesting and, and also pretty uh, inspiring uh, account uh, you, you gave us. Uh, I, I, I learned a lot. I found it, um, yes, inspiring, I think is the word. So thank you very much for that. Um, we have some time for questions, as, as you know, so um, please do say if you'd like to ask a question. Um, if you um, could uh, keep it short and sweet, as chairs or moderators will always say. Uh, if you could say who you are and your affiliation, would be helpful, and if you could just wait for the roving mic to be passed to you. So, would anyone like to kick off with a question, please? Gentleman at the, yes, at the back. Hello, Mr. Lemot. Um I'm a Belgian student here at the LSE and also a solicitor here in the future. Um, I'm very happy that um, the Marshall Plan has yielded some positive results, but we are now entering into a, a period of austerity, or at least um, we should be. Um, it, this was recommended by the European Commission, the IMF, and the OECD. Do you think that a, uh, a plan of government investment and financial assistance from Europe and... and Can you speak a little bit louder because I don't... You right is, do you think it's sustainable to uh, rely on government investment and um, financial assistance from Europe and, and also from Flanders when we are now entering a period of austerity where uh, government budgets need to be uh, sorted out? Yes, I, I wanted to, to understand perfectly your question because I have to apologize, but it's not uh, something very practical in politics. But I, I'm a little bit deaf, so when you, you speak, I didn't hear uh, well. But if I understood, you, you asked me about the sustainability of our policies in the actual frame of uh, European uh, founding, isn't it? Okay. Okay. It gets back on. We, I, I believe um, the, the, actual, the, the challenge now is um, for us very difficult. Why? Because you know about uh, the unbalances in Belgium, the tensions between the different regions, I believe, are uh, less linked to cultural differences than to economical differences. Um, it resembles to what you observe, for instance, between... Um, do I speak loud enough? Do you understand? Well, the differences in regions resemble to what you can observe in other European countries, between northern Italia, southern Italia, between several uh, French regions and the richest French regions. The tensions are thus linked to the level of growth of the region. And the inversion in terms of uh, richness, 
between uh, Wallonia and Flanders is um, actually uh, uh, doesn't come from so far away. It's in the 60s. The GDP per capita changed between Flanders and Wallonia at the end of the 60s. At the end of the 60s. I believe it must be between uh, 66 and uh, 70, let's say 70. And the tensions um, were, were um, one of the basis of the uh, federalization process in Belgium. So what's happening now is maybe uh, an opportunity or could be a danger for Belgium. It is an opportunity if you allow the movement of uh, sustainable development um, continue. And therefore, you need to maintain the, the founding of the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan needs a lot of money. It's not money that we... Because the expression Marshall Plan, uh, the name uh, Marshall Plan, is maybe not uh, well chosen. It's more a question of branding than reality. If you had to make a comparison on an international scale, it would rather be a new deal. But a new deal uh, without getting money from banks because it's a redistribution of the Walloon money. We have focused our means on uh, several uh, priorities. If Belgium now uh, gives more uh, power to the region, more competitors to the regions, but in the same time says for the new competitors that you uh, give us, you give only a percentage of the means that we use as a central state uh, to do your job. They speak now, for instance, about 80% of uh, the, the financial means that financed uh, till nowadays the same competitors. So, for instance, if tomorrow uh, the central state should uh, decide to give those competitors with 80% of the means, it means that we have to make an economy of 20% or that we have to recycle from our own money 20% of those means, which is for us very dangerous because it would be confisc confiscating that money that now are directly invested in uh, the sustainable development of our uh, private sector. Because this is the big differences uh, between nowadays and in the past. We are really a, a market-orientated uh, government. We want the private sector to achieve um, good results in a triangulation we have put a lot of money in an innovation, but also in formation and in the implementation of new production processes. And if th that money can't be used anymore for that aim, it will uh, uh, be as a result that our path of growth can be inverted. And so the difference between the region could again uh, become bigger which is not a good uh, uh, business. I, I believe that would be a very uh, wrong choice for Belgium and for its regions. That's why 
uh, about the financial means of our central state. Everybody can have more independence and autonomy, which is a legitimate uh, choice in Belgium. But you, you have just to uh, be sure that in the way you'll give uh, the new competences, you'll not, you'll not handicap uh, our economy. And what concerns Europe, this is another debate. This is another challenge. Because there is now, on the European field uh, of uh, reflection, um, a very important question. Do we have to develop transversal uh, policies uh, or do we still have to maintain territorial policies? And I believe the one is not opposite to the, others, to the other. And so when I uh, was chairman of the Urban Council um, uh, for regions, I defended the principle of inscribing, of um, giving uh, a co coherence between the transversal policies, so uh, for instance the 2020 uh, strategy, um, in terms of uh, translation on territorial entities, because you, you give more concrete uh, roots to the transversal policies when you give uh, territorial visibility. And so the financial means for the cohesion uh, policies on a uh, European scale are now tremendous uh, means. You have to know that the, the biggest budget uh, in Europe till uh, uh, last year was uh, for agriculture, uh, almost 34%. Uh, now it's not true anymore. The biggest budgets are for uh, cohesion policies. Uh, the same percentage, 34. So they have the same weight as uh, the biggest masses in the past. And I believe that we have there also to maintain uh, this, this means. But the, 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 the debate um, uh, now linked to the decreasing level of the urban budgets could make a, a kind of arbitrage uh, between uh, those two budgets. And it is also a question now of uh, a kind of region that is not still rich, uh, but uh, that could be a little bit richer than the poor, and that we could inscribe in the frame of a new definition of those regions called regions in transition. And countries, powerful countries, as uh, Germany, for instance, can understand the debate. Why? Because we have the, uh, with the eastern lenders, they have lenders which reach uh, a level of 77, 78% of GDP per capita. You know that when you cross the border of the 75%, you are not eligible uh, anymore. And they say, okay, but um, the, the, the step of going... Uh, uh, over the 75% doesn't mean that you can uh, get automatic success in, in the future. You, you still need financial means uh, to, be, to be helped. So they, uh, they defended, uh, so uh, I did, and some other region uh, did it. The principle of giving a kind of phasing out 
uh, help to those regions in the frame of transition uh, regions. So I hope that I uh, answered to your, your question that I didn't uh, hear. I have to apologize very well. I guess, sorry, I just may come in briefly on that, um, your, your point about uh, the gentleman's question. The um, overwhelming likelihood of a reducing um, EU budget in real terms, um, all the suggestion seems to be so far, I mean the formal negotiations haven't started, but there seems to be a very strong suggestion that um, uh, structural funds, cohesion funds, uh, will be reduced as, as, as a, not just as a possibly as a proportion of the total, but certainly in, in, in real in real terms. Uh, and um, uh, I just raise a question mark over the, uh, of the likelihood of this group of sort of intermediary regions you're discussing, ones in transition. Uh, getting anything, um, given um, the continued demands, and also from some new members, Croatia will be joining and so on. Um, maybe I'm being overly pessimistic, but I have a strong sense that in Brussels now that there's an overwhelming drive now just to concentrate on the very poorest regions and where that will leave some of the intermediate ones. Um, so I wouldn't hold my breath, but um, maybe I'm being unduly pessimistic. Um, uh, yes, who else would like to ask a question who hasn't uh, put a question so far? Certainly one or two things I would like to put to the Minister um, President, if I, if I may. Um, one uh, question, uh, um, one of the main disincentives to investment, including to inward investment with any country, as you, as you well know, is political uncertainty. Um, and I wonder if you can just give us a, a sense of how, to what degree, the basic approach, the basic strategy... Um, for regeneration of Wallonia has been able to tell the outside world we have our political parties are all agreed on this strategy, um, maybe differences or nuances perhaps in implementation, but has there been, therefore, I mean, has there been consensus and, 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 and on, on, this, on this point? Because without it, why would people take yes. a risk? Yes, it, it is true um, that mentality has uh, deeply changed because um, when we knew the first uh, moments of uh, recovering our economic health, uh, it was because we, we, we got different um, opportunities. The international context was better, and in the same time, uh, we could afford to do it uh, through the, I don't know whether it exists in English, so I use the word, tertiarization of economy through the public sector. So it was a direct investment uh, in the public sector to sustain uh, economy. Um, well, now it's not anymore uh, the way uh, we have chosen to do it. Uh, I always use um, an image uh, to illustrate why uh, our strategies didn't work in the past. You know, uh, for instance, in the very begin beginning of the 90s, uh, we got a, a very impressive uh, economical uh, growth in Wallonia. And I, and I use um, uh, a, a cuisine uh, receipt uh, to illustrate it. Uh, I don't know whether you, you, you still uh, try to make 
a souffle au fromage. You know, a cheese souffle. You, you put it in the oven, you have to, to get a very high temperature. I, I try sometimes to make it a bit uh, cuisine home. It gives me a good conscience and uh, my wife's very happy uh, till she has to try whether it's good or not. Um, and, and I put the, the cheese in the oven, I see it growing uh, so uh, very slowly. At, at a certain moment, I'm sure it's ready. So I open the door of the oven and I see uh, my uh, cheesecake uh, going down. Well, um, it's the same in, in Wallonia. We had, a, we had the opportunity to do um, uh, the cheese uh, going uh, up, but we, we, we opened always the door a little bit before we had to do it um, because we, we, we hadn't uh, a real strategy. And the Marshall Plan uh, has for us the advantage of being uh, carried by all political parties because it has already begun other, under other majorities and so when we change the government the strategy uh, uh, stays the same and one of the very interesting things is that um, I am a member of uh, a left-wing party, the Socialist Party and so one can consider that a socialist party wouldn't be uh, a free uh, market open-minded party. It's not at all the case because actually we see that we are one of the leading forces uh, around that strategy. So it's a cross-political uh, border uh, strategy and, and I believe it's important. And when you see that the results are there, um, it gives you more strength to... Uh, to make it um, uh, lasting uh, till uh, we recover uh, absolutely uh, the, the economical delay we had, uh, there is still a lot of things to do. So we, we have to, uh, to, to, to be modest. Uh, all what we, we, we did, for instance, one of the things people don't know uh, is about the commercial balance in Belgium. Everybody believes uh, that the commercial balance has been... Uh, uh, helped uh, a lot by uh, by Flanders, and we observed. I don't know whether it's not still. Do you the mean case. the external current account? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Trading. The, the, ex the external current account, mm -hmm. um, and for several years we observed that the the the, the, the balance was established by uh, Walloon surpluses, and so people came to me and told, "How is it in God's name possible?" Because Flemish are richer than you, and how can you afford to have bigger surpluses than Flemish? And I have a very uh, simple and obvious uh, explanation. It's like a household. If you have a very rich household, you can afford to buy more than uh, uh, what you, you, you win as a salary, because you have reserves, you can afford it. But when you are poor, you are obliged uh, to sell more your workforce and your production and it happened in Belgium for several years uh, so it means that we, we have now uh, to, to understand that the strategy uh, we are following is not only a choice but it's also a necessity because we, we couldn't follow the way of being a little bit uh, an active uh, now we are proactive mm -hmm. Thank you. No, that's, that's very interesting. 
Um, yeah, um, another question, if I may, exercising um, what is prerogative. Um, I'll, I'll be very quick and then... Uh, um, uh, I wanted to ask you about the role of uh, migrant labour. Um, and this is Belgium, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, if broadly the same demographic trends are observable in, Bel in Belgium and Bologna, Bologna um, compared with most of the rest of uh, Europe, and we're all familiar with that narrative by now of um, you know, demographic time bomb, aging population, um, and almost certainly the need to import more migrant la labour from, quite possibly from outside there, probably from outside the EU's borders. Um, to what extent, uh, I mean, just looking ahead, I mean, in the, in the mix uh, of the, the, work, the workforce and uh, Wallonia's overall economic requirements, what uh, role do you see for migrant labour and how, um, to what extent is this going to pose a political challenge or perhaps there are already challenges uh, which are having to be uh, handled in the same way as in parts of Flanders and Antwerp they're having to be handled. What's your sense of how this is likely to evolve? A aging population in Belgium is not evolving um, in the same rate and the same speed in the different regions. If you take uh, the reference of uh, uh, 2020 and when you uh, make the ratio from the population from uh, 60 and more compared to the population of uh, 16 and less, you see that Flanders is aging very fast. Uh, the percentage of the ratio is 127. If you do the same exercise for Wallonia, we are aging a little bit slower. It's uh, 116. And when you are looking what's happening now in the region of Brussels, uh, they are even younger because it's 97. Why? Because of the migrant uh, yeah. population. Um, it's a very uh, mixed population and uh, becomes younger. So the first reality in Belgium is to organize also the mobility between regions because the, the highest unemployment rate in Belgium is in Brussels now. So more young people and the highest uh, unemployment rate. It's also true in several uh, border regions between uh, Wallonia and, and Flanders. I, I, I am from the, the first French capital, which is the city of Tournai, mm. but it's now situated in Wallonia. And not far there, uh, there is the Flemish um, city of Cortrec, uh, and they have now need uh, of uh, uh, mig migrating uh, uh, workers because they don't have enough workforce to guarantee uh, their own industry and services. Well, what do we observe? First of all, we observe that the French, I speak here about uh, people living in France, the French uh, go more in Flanders than the Walloon. But the reason is not because uh, the Walloons are lazy and don't want to, to go uh, 20 kilometers from the, where they, they live, but it's because of the fiscal system. How does it work? You have to know that um, the fiscal system in France um, is uh, lighter for low level and uh, for the middle range uh, wages. So you gain something like 15% when you live in France, you pay your taxes in France, but work in Belgium. Secondly, your social security. 
you don't pay the social security where you live, but you pay it where you work. And your personal um, uh, part is in France, 23%. And in Belgium, it's 13%. So you win, you, you gain 10%. 10 plus 15 is already 25% netto gain. Plus the last element of the reflection, uh, the last dimension of it, is that the brutal wages in Belgium in general are 20% higher than so in brute France. There, but brute, brute, brute as yeah. a net, net, yeah, the, net, the, net. So, no, 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 the, the, the brute, without taxes. Oh, I see, oh, I see. sorry, a bit gross. The brute wages yeah. are 20% higher. So when you accumulate all this, it's worth to do 40 kilometers more to go mm -hmm. and work. And so this, uh, for me, is one of the biggest problems in terms of mobility. Because you move not because uh, you, you are competitive, not because you go in the most competitive uh, places to work with your uh, skills, uh, but because of the differences in the taxation and the different uh, fiscal uh, instrument of social security instruments. So Europe has also to be uh, now uh, aware that it uh, doesn't, uh, uh, it doesn't help competitiveness. It's just organizing an artificial uh, mobility of the workers. Uh, and now to answer the last, last part of your question, there are first movements needed into, into Belgium, which are not uh, still um, uh, uh, stimulated at their uh, uh, ideal level. We can uh, organize it in a better way. Uh, for instance, I have organized more uh, uh, bus lines between uh, different regions, uh, more uh, trains between regions to, to, to favorize, to, to help mobility. But this will not uh, be enough. Uh, for the, the future challenges of the aging uh, population. And, and this is uh, actually a very uh, difficult uh, discussion in Europe. Uh, I believe that we have to be selective. It's hard uh, to, to hear and, and even more for a politician to say uh, because s selection is also a threat. Uh, is a threat because if you select the, the, the best skills abroad uh, to import them uh, in your own market, uh, in the same time you cut uh, the possibility for uh, uh, your, your own people following uh, the same path. But the, the, the biggest um, threat doesn't come from this, but from the fact that you uh, also take the uh, best workforce from abroad guaranteeing their own development. So um, I, I believe Europe has to, uh, to consider that mobility a problem as one of the most important strategic decisions to, to be taken uh, in the very uh, close future. Mm. Okay, thank you. Gentleman Franz, and you had a question just, just there. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Michel van Hornack is chairman of the Belgian Luxembourg Ch Chamber of Commerce in Great Britain. Mr. President, thank you for the uh, very nice presentation and also for the very clear answers you've been giving. Um, a more practical question from uh, my point of view then, of course, is if I'm a balloon company or a foreign investor, 
coming to Bologna and I want to take advantage of the Marshall Plan. Um, who is involved? You were speaking about an international jury. Uh, does it take long for them to make a decision? What does a company have to do to uh, take a practical advantage of, of this uh, excellent plan? So, how did we organize the Marshall Plan? The international jury that defined the, the focuses of uh, investment. I believe the, the, we are the only government in the world having given the opportunity to the private sector to organize uh, such a, a big uh, um, choice in terms of, uh, and such a big freedom in, in terms of uh, focuses. They choose the, the sectors without any uh, pressure from the political authorities. And they received uh, almost uh, two times three uh, billion euro to do it. So it's uh, for a small region as the Walloon region uh, something very important. And who uh, seats into the jury? Uh, universities, academies, uh, representative of that, that uh, academical world, um, uh, entrepreneurs, but also representative of the workers. And so they define it uh, themselves. And this is just to understripe uh, the, the limit of the exercise. They, they say those sectors are the best for us. Uh, if I speak about aeronautics, for instance, I can give uh, some, an uh, space industry. Uh, we have leading uh, on the world uh, wide scale uh, enterprises in Belgium and in uh, the Walloon region. Uh, you know about that uh, because you produce also different parts of it, that uh, wonderful big bird of the A380 from Airbus. Well, um, uh, very important parts of the wings are made now uh, in, in Wallonia. Uh, and this is one of the sectors that has been choosed, uh, chosen by uh, those international juries. Uh, we are also working uh, with our firms on, uh, I don't know whether it's the same word in, uh, in English, in English uh, the polymers, um, the, the, the materials, um, the nanotubes. We have the leading firms uh, in Wallonia making nanotubes now. It has been chosen also as one of the sectors by international jury, etc., etc. I will not be long uh, uh, about this. And how is uh, someone or uh, an enterprise that wants to invest in Wallonia attracted by, by us. Not only because of the possibility of being um, uh, not helped, because these are not subsidies uh, to give you money. Uh, it's more uh, based on your own innovation ability, because we, we ask uh, entrepreneurs to show that they play an active role in their uh, domain. Um, but we have also uh, defined a strategy uh, of erasing all taxes. An enterprise that comes in Wallonia now doesn't have any sense of what we call anti-economic taxes. What were uh, those taxes in uh, uh, the past? It has to see with uh, the, the communes, the municipalities, with the provinces, they took a lot of taxes for their own budgets. 
And for the small Walloon region, it represented something like 200 million euro. We decided to uh, uh, abolish all those taxes. And we gave to the communes and the provinces compensation not to lose on their own budget. But the advantage is now that you find, found a ground at very uh, low level of price. I, I'll take a very um, uh, obvious example and compare it. Do you know in the harbor of uh, internal harbor of uh, Ghent, which is in Flanders, how much costs um, a square uh, meter of ground, industrial ground? It's something like 400 uh, euro, very expensive. It's 50 in Wallonia. So uh, people are also interested by uh, the opportunities uh, linked to the fact that Wallonia is the biggest part of the country in terms of territory, and there are a lot of available grounds. So the Marshall Plan is a frame, but into the frame you have other arguments playing uh, for the Walloon economy. And one of the very in, interesting, I, I believe that for economists it would be interest, interesting uh, to go uh, and to examine it uh, from uh, the Walloon region, from its territory, to see how it works. It's uh, the, the construction of that triangle between university, university innovation centers, and industry. Because it is really uh, a unique model. It exists in, in a lot of countries. Uh, in Catalonia, for instance, in Spain, around Barcelona, they have yes. something resembling to it. But I believe that we have achieved a level of cooperation that is uh, really unique in the world now. And you have a lot of welcome offices for enterprises. Well, I think we can all agree we've had a fascinating hour and 20 minutes. Um, seem to uh, your, a, a very, I think, innovative and dynamic agenda. It all strikes me as quite a, a liberal supply-side agenda, if I may say so, exploiting your competitive advantage uh, and uh, uh, interesting and, and perhaps no longer surprising in this day and age to see um, a socialist administration happy with uh, uh, what might be seen as quite a classically liberal approach, but such are the paradoxes of this post-ideological uh, age. Whatever, it seems to be working extremely well, and you've set it out set out the strategy for us uh, with great clarity and much interest and you've answered the questions very fully and very interestingly as well. So we've had a great time. Thank you very, very much, Minister President, for coming to LNC. It's been a great success. I'm sure we'll want to show our appreciation. Thank you so much.